Then I continued to write anyway. <laughs> it was very helpful to me because there is a grievance in my mind that has been very difficult for me for many months now. And Debbie, if you're listening, this was the grievance I told you it took nine months for me to let go of. So we're about to talk about how I healed that grievance or how that grievance was healed. It was very helpful to me because there is a grievance in my mind that has been very difficult for me for many months now. I have given a lot of willingness to this particular grievance, but it seems to always be there without fail. And I remember this grievance quite well. <laughs> I, I wanted very much to be free of it because I was imprisoned by this grievance. But I, I couldn't. I mean, I just couldn't, it seemed like. I would let go of the thoughts. The thoughts about this person would come into my mind and, and, and literally torture me. And I would let go of them out of complete willingness to let go. And in 30 seconds or less, they would be right back. And, and this went on for, like I said, nine months. I, I just couldn't let go of my mind going on and on and on about how this person had wronged me. So I have given a lot of willingness to this particular grievance, but it seems to always be there without fail. I knew that this I knew that this was because I didn't understand what I was forgiving. Oh, here we go, Bill. So now we're getting into what I talked about last night, that it's always helpful to me to know what I am forgiving. I knew that this was because I didn't understand what I was forgiving. The thought that spawned the experience and the grievance hadn't been discovered within my own mind yet. Then a couple of days ago, I happened to be talking on the phone with a person who also had a grievance, seemingly against the same person that I had a grievance with. And this person also seemed stuck. So um, not talking about Teddy, but you know what, Lee? The person I was on the phone with was you. <laughs> so you and I were sharing a grievance at the time. <laughs> Uh-oh. So I was talking to Lee <laughs> on the phone, um, who also seemed stuck. We both had a grievance. And, um, and again, unable to get past it. And so we talked freely about our feelings. And one thing that's important about what Lee and I were doing that day is we were not gossiping. We were not feeding our grievance. What Lee and I were doing was each talking about how we were stuck, but we were doing it in complete willingness to let it go. So we were not gossiping or feeding our grievance. We were sharing our desire to be healed is what we were doing. But we talked freely. We were exposing exactly what was in our mind. We were not hiding our thoughts. So as we talked freely about our feelings and our desire to let go of this grievance with healing as our purpose, I heard myself say, I feel betrayed by him. I had never hit on that word before, betrayed. But when I heard it come out of my mouth, I knew I had found the missing key that I was looking for. And, and this, this was actually, for me, the experience of a miracle. I, I'm going to say recognizing that the problem was that I felt betrayed by this person. This was like a miracle. It was a miracle. And in fact, what I said was, and <laughs> notice I'm saying even speaking of it now, 
Um, I said, this is later, I'm skipping down. I say, I can feel how deep this feeling and belief goes. But let me skip back up. I said, I had never hit on that word before, betrayed. But when I heard it come out of my mouth, I knew I had found the missing key that I was looking for. I began to look back over my life, and I could see a long chain of betrayals that went all the way back to friendships in the fifth grade. And I want to tell you, this was not um, an effort. It's not like my thinking mind was trying to remember all of the betrayals. This was something that seemed to happen instantaneously. Instantaneously, I was looking back over my life. And I saw a long chain of betrayals that went all the way back to friendships in the fifth grade. I literally remembered the first time in this lifetime that I ever felt betrayed. It just came back into my mind in an instant. There was a consistent pattern that played out over and over in my lifetime. There were people that I had expected to behave according to specific rules. Um, friend rules, co-worker rules, boyfriend rules, or teacher of God rules. And when the people did not behave according to those expectations, which I seemed to uphold within them, with them, I felt betrayed. So in fifth grade, in fifth grade, there were some girls that literally asked me to be their friend. I remember they came up and asked me to be their friend. And I agreed. And I thought that once someone asked you to be your friend and you agreed, that there was this um, commitment to play together, to be nice together, to enjoy each other. And these same girls only a couple of weeks later, suddenly decided, you know, for a day, not to be my friend. And they put, you know, turned their backs to me, and, and I felt betrayed. And then there was a boyfriend, right, who cheated on me, who had a, another girl one night, and I felt betrayed. And then there was the employer who, you know, we agreed to a specific process that we were going to unroll in the company. And then the, the employer made another agreement with, with her boss and forgot to tell me, and I unrolled the wrong process, and I felt betrayed. And, and then there was this teacher of God that I had trusted to help me look at my mind, and instead, um, well, the teacher of God seemed to betray me. He did not help. But in each of these situations, and in many more, what had happened was that I had defined the relationship. I had said, this is a friend, or this is a boyfriend, or this is my teacher. And I had said, this is how a friend must act. This is how a boyfriend must act. This is how my teacher must be. And when they didn't live up to my expectations, I felt betrayed. But what I saw as I looked at this on the phone with Lee, <laughs> what I saw is that this was all in my mind. Now, this was the miracle. 
I saw that the entire setup was in my mind. And in fact, let me go back to reading the message, the, the note that I, the post that I made. I began to look back over my life and I could see a long chain of betrayals that went all the way back to friendships in the fifth grade. There was a consistent pattern that played out over and over in my lifetime. There were people that I had expected to behave according to specific rules, friend rules, co-worker rules, boyfriend rules, or teacher of God rules. And when the people did not behave according to those expectations, which I seemed to uphold with them, I followed the rules in my mind. Then I felt betrayed. Even speaking of it now, I can feel how deep this feeling and belief goes. This is an important one for me. And as I'm writing this, this is only two days after I discovered it. And it was two days after I was on the phone with Lee. The belief in betrayal is in my mind. Based on the metaphysics of the Course, it is there because I believe I have betrayed God. This is the metaphysics of the Course. It is a false belief since we have not betrayed God. And my right mind is very clear on that. But my wrong mind still holds to this belief. And by the way, my wrong mind does not, or I do not, maybe I do not believe my wrong mind anymore. I do not hold to this belief now. And, and if this, this story doesn't completely unfold in this write-up, I will finish the story for you. As I mentioned, this happened, um, I'm writing this two days after I was on the phone with Lee, two days after I saw miraculously that really betrayal was not in the world, really the belief in betrayal was in my mind and that because the belief was in my mind I sought out situations in the world to make it seem real. That I was placing the meaning of betrayal on situations. Now I know that this is all taught in the Course. I know that the workbook says, you know, that um, I have invented the world I see. I know that the workbook teaches us that um, everything that we see is meaningless and that we give it all the meaning it has for us. I know that. But when I learned that, I learned that intellectually. And this experience of seeing the truth of that in my mind was a miracle because it changed everything. It wasn't intellectual knowledge anymore. I really got it that I'm the one that's calling this a betrayal and then I'm suffering. I really got that for the first time. So let me go back to reading. I can see how there has been a chain of thought in my mind all of my life that seemed to focus on the most recent betrayal. So what I'm talking about here then is in fifth grade <laughs> when those girls decided not to be my friend after they had asked me to be their friend, I decided that was a betrayal. And I carried that betrayal forward for years. And in fact, one thing that I did was I stopped trusting girls. I began to be friends with 
boys because I thought they were more trustworthy than girls. And I carried that forward for many, many years, always remembering that girls will betray you. You know, it's reminding me of another thing that Holy Spirit gave me in, uh, in April of 2006. I know you guys have heard of this. What I think, I see. What I see, I experience. And what I experience, I think. So the idea of betrayal was in the mind first. And then there was this story with the girls. My mind, my mind said, ah, betrayal. What I think, I see. I saw a betrayal there. And then for years, I carried that betrayal with me. What I think I see, what I see I experience, what I experience I think. For years, I carried that betrayal with me until there was another betrayal, the boyfriend that slept with another girl one night. And then I didn't need to focus so much on the girls from fifth grade because now I had this new betrayal this new betrayal to carry around. And I was able to carry it until the next betrayal. And then I carried it around. But for most of my life, I carried this betrayal. One story after another story after another story, but I carried it, certain that I was betrayed. So I can see how there has been a chain of thought in my mind all of my life that seemed to focus on the most recent betrayal. It never seemed to focus, I'm sorry, it never seemed to focus on it with hatred, which is why it was subtle and did not stand out in my mind. It focused on it in confusion. And I would say that is true in my mind. I didn't hate those girls in fifth grade. I did not understand why they would do that. You know, I did not hate the boyfriend that cheated. I just did not understand why he would do that. There was this confusion which, believe it or not, made the grievance tolerable to my ego mind. It allowed me to carry it for years upon years upon years. <laughs> I never felt that I understood why so-and-so would do such-and-such. And I see now that I felt like the victim of the betrayal, which of course is a classic projection. Making this discovery after receiving Philippians 3 is key because I can see that I brought the experience of betrayal into my life because the belief was in my mind and thought about consistently. It still is. I think about this most recent experience daily, not with seeming fervor, which is why I hadn't caught it, but subtly, subtly, that word I can't say again. <laughs> it is always there every day. And by that I mean the grievance against this person, this teacher that, that I felt hurt by, the grievance was very strong, but the idea of betrayal had been very subtle. So I hadn't seen what was fueling the grievance. And I also see that the expectations that I had of others, which I felt I had lived up to myself, were simply a setup for the other person in order to enable them to betray me. After all, they could not betray me if I didn't have any expect expectations that I held them to. So now I see that I do not need to forgive this person that I have not been able to forgive. I need to forgive the belief in betrayal that exists in the mind. If I continue to allow this belief within the mind, 
the experience of betrayal will continue to play out in Regina's life. But when the belief is released, the experience will no longer come into awareness. It cannot, because we cannot be aware of anything unless it is a thought in the mind first. That is so important. If the thought of betrayal had never existed in my mind, I would never have seen a betrayal. Those girls, when they asked me to be their friend and then decided a couple of weeks later not to be my friend, if the idea of betrayal had not already been in my mind, that experience would have been seen differently. So the problem was never the girls or the teacher or the boyfriend. The problem that was causing me pain was the belief. And it looks like, at least here, I don't finish the story, so I will go ahead and finish the story for you. I'll tell you that um, what happened after that wonderful day on the phone with Lee <laughs> is that I began to feel the belief of betrayal almost like, um, I'll call it like an indigestion, like a lump in my chest, like a, a solid lump. I could feel it. And it began to rise. I could feel it getting higher in the chest, higher in the chest. And then in the lower throat, I could feel it coming up. And I knew, I knew now what was happening. I knew it was coming up to be healed. And I had a magnificent experience. Because I had an opportunity only about two weeks after this to be with that teacher again, that teacher that had been my most recent betrayal. And um, I decided I was going to talk to him about it. I decided I was going to tell him how I felt and tell him that I knew I was wrong. And a perfect opportunity arose where he and I were alone in a room very early in the morning. No one else was around. And there was this feeling of betrayal was now very high in my throat, ready to come up. And all of the emotions of probably all of the betrayals started coming up. And I was crying. And I was shaking. And I told him I needed to talk to him. And he said to me, Wait, I want to check my email first. And the first thought that came into my mind was that he was doing it again. Because again, my expectation had been that he would help me, and he didn't. And here it was again. I'm sitting there. I'm crying. I'm shaking. I'm visibly upset. He and I are completely alone. And I asked him to help me, and he said he wanted to check his email. And he sat down in the same room as me with his back to me and checked email. And at first, the thought was, my God, he's doing it again. And then the next thought, I laughed. I laughed. I realized that... The appearance, it wasn't, again, it wasn't the man I needed to forgive. It was the belief in betrayal. And the appearance of the betrayal being there 
was so perfect because I could just laugh it away. I could just laugh it away. I had a chance right now to believe it again or not. And I'm so thankful to him for checking his email. I could believe it again or not. And I remembered to laugh. Remember the tiny mad idea? It says, that which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. Well, this time I remembered to laugh. I laughed. And I have been free of the belief in betrayal ever since. Completely free. <laughs>